All right, so this is a continuation of something we started way back um, when we uh, when we started it when we were speaking about man, you know, and now we're gonna continue on with this theme. Know your role. You know, everybody needs to know their role, right? Yeah. All right, that makes things run so much more smoothly. So we're gonna begin with Genesis two eighteen. It says, and Yahuwah Elohim said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him, I will make him and help me for him. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Yah is about to make it help me. You know, he's going to make, you know, so here it is. Genesis 2.18 speaks of Yah making man a help me. But what is a help me? Let's take a look at these words. The word help is Ezer, number 5828. It speaks to an aid from Azar, number 5826, meaning to surround or protect. You know, so we see that an Ezer is one who surrounds and protects. Amen? You know, they help by surrounding and protecting, you know, or they surround and protect to help. Yeah. Now, the word me. It's pretty interesting. It's Neged, number 5048. It means an affront. It speaks to a front that is a part opposite from Nagad, number 5046, um, meaning to front. That is to stand boldly out opposite, to, to expose, predict, explain, praise. Now, hereby we learned that a help me is one that Yah has put around man to aid and protect him. But to do so by being a front, i.e. standing boldly out in opposition to him for the purpose of exposing, predicting, explaining, and praising. But all under the guise of helping or protecting. Amen? Y'all get that? Now, I know at first glance this may seem contrary, but that's only if one assumes they know what y'all means. And this is what most people do when they when they when they see this. You know, most interpreters they assume they know what Yah means, or they assume that they know what Yah don't mean. Amen. Now, those that don't make such assumptions are forced to consider all possibilities of what Yah meant, such as maybe Yah intended man's help me to be one that helps man by opposing him, exposing him, predicting to him, explaining to him. Or praising. Most other interpreters define the Hebrew term to get as meet or suitable or complement and counterpart. And this is what you see in most of your most of your Bibles. But none of these terms speak to the essence of the Hebrew term to get, which is to affront. It literally means to stand boldly out opposite to. Hence, this aspect shouldn't be ignored. For the term neged is used in this sense several times throughout scripture, you know, and you know, that's it's a really important aspect to grasp because if you don't know what a help me is, then how can you be a help me? So Amen. Amen. You know, and so we see here in the very definition that it speaks. You know, if you're going to be a meat, if you're going to be a neged, it speaks to standing out boldly, uh, standing boldly out and opposite too. 
Now we know that a lot of women got that part down pat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's always supposed to be under the guise of helping. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not just standing out boldly and opposite to just for the for the sake of it. You know, um, you know. Nevertheless, let's take a look at how this term again is used in scripture. You know, we're going to take a look at some of the ways that it's utilized. And let me have my first reader read Joshua 8, 11 and, and the um, succeeding um, passages on the screen, please. Joshua 8, 11, and all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. Verse 10, 21, 9. And she wrote in the letter, saying, Proclaim fast, and set Naboth on high among the people. Verse 10, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme Elohim and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. First Samuel 12, 3. Behold, here I am. Witness against me before Yahuwah and before his anointed, whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, whom have I oppressed, or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith, and I will restore it to you. First Kings 20, verse 26 and 27. And it came to pass at the return of the year, that's the beginning of the year, that Ben Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids, but the Syrians filled the country. Hallelujah. All right, I pray that, um, that everybody see the theme here with Negev. You know, in Joshua um, 8, 11, we see that the people were at, were at war and they pitched on the north side of Ai. You know, it says that Israel pitched before the city. Now, do you think that they were pitching before the city to be complimentary? To be, you know, a helper? Do you think this is why they was pitching in front of the city during the time of war? No, they were opposing them. They were standing boldly out in opposition to them. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, the same thing with the two men, the two men, the sons of Bilal in 1 Kings 21. You know, they came before or negate him to bear witness against him. They were coming up against him. You understand? You know, they were not trying to compliment him. You know, they were not trying to be a meat to him. You know, also, we see in 1 Samuel 12, 3, says, Behold, here I am, witness against me. This is what um, Samuel is um, saying. You know, witness against me before Yahuwah. You know, if, if you have anything against me, now's the time. You know, not for me. You know, so... 
And then also um, in First Kings 20, verse 27, it, it speaks of the children of Israel being numbered and said they were all present and went against them. You know, and again, they were at during a time of war and they was pitching before the Syrians, you know, and they pitched before them. They wasn't there to help them or to join them. You understand? Yeah. You know, so this is the very same word that help meat is made of. This is the meat. Mm. You know, so, you know, I'm just showing you, you know, that it's, it does truly mean to stand out in opposition to as crazy as that may sound to some folks. Um, let's take a look at a few other examples. Um, let me have my next reader read Numbers 25, 3, and 4, as well as the, the succeeding um, passages on the screen, please. Numbers, Numbers 25, 3, and 4, and Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of Yehudah was kindled against Israel, and Yehudah said unto Moshe, take all the heads of the people and hang them up before Yehudah, against the sun that the fierce anger of Yahuwah may be turned away from Israel. Second Samuel 18, 12 and 18, 13. And the man saith unto Yoab, though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son, for in our hearing the king charged thee in Abshai and Ittai, saying, Beware that none touches the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I should have brought falsehood against my own life, for there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself wouldst have set thyself against me. Proverbs 21:30, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against Yahuwah. Yod 10:17. Thou renewest thy witness against me, and increaseth thine indignation upon me. Charges, changes in war are against me. Okay, so, you know, I pray that you can see in none of these, none of these examples, you know, do we see that, that meat in a sense that is utilized, you know, um, to interpret this term. You know, in fact, this is by no means an exhaustive list of this type of usage. In fact, out of 151 usages in the KJV of Neged, Neged is only translated as meat or suitable once because it's never suitable. It's only translated that way one time and that's in Genesis 2.18, you know, and in verse 25. You know, uh, you know, so one other time. So while it's translated in front, i.e. before and against in some capacity or another, 143 times. So what do you think the term means? Mm. Against, before. Absolutely. It means to, to come before, to stand against, to stand in opposition to. Yeah. You know, and so, man, now you know why your wives always do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But we're going to bring some understanding, you know, to this because it's always supposed to be under the guise of helping, you know. And remember, to help was ezer, and it meant to, to surround and protect. Amen? You know, and so I know this may sound crazy to some folks, you know, 
But I remind you of Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahuwah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, see, that's the problem with, you know, many of an interpreter is they try to make sense of stuff rather than just taking what Yah gives them and let Yah make sense of it. Amen. You know, so that's what we want to do. We want to let Yah make sense of it. You know, and this is why it's very so very important to stay within the world of scripture. You know, um, Genesis 2:19 says, Out of the ground, Yahuwah Elohim formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So now we see another duty of Adam, another duty of the man, and that is to name things. Amen? You know, so that duty is to name things. And, and so Yah was bringing all the beasts of the field, speaking of the lust of the flesh. The beast of the field speaks to the lust of the flesh, and every bird of the air, which speaks to thoughts or conclusions. Mm. You know, and he was bringing them before Adam to see what Adam would call them, mm. you know. Now, Genesis 2.20 says, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. You know, so he didn't have a help me, you know, but he was brought all these other animals, you know, for him to name them. And that's an important, that's important for the men to know their role. It's, it's, our, it's our role to name things. But what's in a name? You know, we, we don't just name things just for the sake of naming things. You know, what's in a name is the character, the authority, and the reputation of a thing. You know, and so this is, this is how things get named. You know, it get named in conjunction to its character. You know, it's authority and, rest and, and reputation. You know, hence our Messiah, Yahushua, who name means the Savior of Yahuwah, you know, it speaks to his character, his authority, and his reputation. Amen? Amen. You know, so what is IFF? It's an acronym that stands for Identification Friend or Foe. Mm. You know, and it's a cryptographic identification system designed for command and control that enables military and national interrogation systems to distinguish friendly aircraft, vehicles, or forces and determine their bearing and range from the interrogator. You know, so, you know, this is kind of what men are supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to be on the lookout when things come into, um, when y'all bring something before us, you know, we're supposed to identify it and determine whether or not is it friend or is it foe and act accordingly. Amen? Amen? You know, and so, you know, this is why we are the leaders, because when we identify something that's friendly, you know, we can take the family that's following us and take them on through. Yeah. But if we identify it as a foe, we can tell the family, hold on, wait, you may need to stay back here for a minute. You know, um, I have to take care of this or figure out another way around. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You know, so it's important 
that we understand, you know, we are supposed to be the name. We're supposed to be determining if it's IFL, identifying if whether or not it's friend or foe. Now we're gonna we move on to Genesis 21, 22. It says, and so Yahweh Elohim caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, Yahweh Elohim took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then Yahuwah Elohim made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. All right. So here it is. Look like Adam's finally going to get his help meet, right? And we see Yah makes woman from one of the ribs. Now, help me. Remember, we read in Genesis 2.18 that the woman was made to be a help me. This is her purpose. Amen? You know, so we always got to keep that in, in, our, in, our, in mind. Keep, keep sight of that. You know, because this is the whole reason God is making her. You know, so she can't, she should not never stray from being that help me. And remember, um, the word help was ezer. You know, it's number 5828 in the um, Hebrew, and it meant to surround or protect, right? Yeah. You know, so now I want you to consider that Yah made woman from a rib. Okay, now the rib does, if you look at it, it does surround, does it not? And it does protect. So it's not by happenstance that he chose the rib to make woman from. He chose the rib for a reason because he wants to make a help me for the man. He wants to make a help me for Adam. So he chooses a rib because a rib is a help me. It surrounds and it protects. Amen. And then the get, which speaks to what's translated as meat, which speaks to meat, something neat or suitable, as um, is translated in most Bibles, you know. But what we learn is neged means to affront, to stand boldly out, opposite, to affront, you know, and to be over or against something. So we see something very different than what's usually translated in our Bibles, amen? You know, so we have a help me, this is what the woman is being made to be, you know. Now, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the woman's world. <laughs> I couldn't help it, y'all. It's just, you know, I, I couldn't help it. But, but, but seriously, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the woman's role is to be a rib, you know. Now, <laughs> take note that the rib surrounds and protects all the vital um, parts of man. 
And this is truly the role of a woman. She is to surround, to protect, and even to stand in opposition to anything, even the man himself, in order to protect the most vital aspects of men. Because when she protect, when she's protecting the most vital aspects of man, she's also protecting the most vital aspect of herself because she's made from man. Amen. Amen. She is the real. This is her nature. The nature of a real is to protect, to surround and protect. The um, Hebrew word is Zelah, number sixty. 6763 or 6367. Uh, I'm feeling a little dyslexic, but I think it's uh 6763. Zalob T S A Y L A W. You know, uh my notes don't come up, so um I'm going off of memory, but I, I I think I'm good on that one. And it speaks to a real. And a rib is a bone, and a bone speaks to strength, you know. And so what I want you to understand about a woman's role is that she's a strong protector. She's a strong protector, and she, her role is to protect the most vital aspects of men, you know, the things that are essential things that are of the utmost importance, the things that keep him alive. Amen? You know, this is the role of woman. A lot of people say this is the role, but that's This is the role of woman. You know, and this is, this is, you know, her, her whole makeup is to protect life. And so even within this picture, you can see she's still protecting life. Yeah. You know, say lie. That is her role. Let's take a look at some righteous women in scripture. So we can see how this role was played out. So I chose a few of the patriarch's wives, you know, and the first one is Sarah. Now, in Genesis 12, 10 through 13, it says, and there was a famine in the land. And now Abram went down into, into Mizraim to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Mizraim, that he said unto Sarai, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art, fair, thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Mizraim or the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, and that it, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. Now, we know she went on to do what he asked, amen? She was being a helper. She was being a help me. Can you see that? Yeah. She was helping and she was also protecting the most vital aspect of him, his life. You know, so we can clearly see she was helping him out right here. Yeah. 
Now, also let us consider Genesis 21, 8 through 12. It says, in the child, speaking of Yisak, um, it says, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the, the Egyptian, or the Mizraim, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And Elohim said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now, I want you to be able to see, you got to put your spiritual eyes on, you know, um, or try to open up your spiritual eyes. But I want you to see that Sarah was protecting the most vital aspect of, of, um, of Abraham. And that was the promise that Yah gave concerning Isaac. Amen? Can you see her protecting that? See, this is even though she was protecting that, she was also opposing, standing boldly in opposition to her husband, Abraham. Can you see that? But it was under the guise of helping him. It was under the guise of helping him. Not just, you know, it wasn't for some vain cause. It was under the guise of helping him. Amen. All right, let's let's consider uh, Isaac and Rebecca. Uh, let me have my next reader read Genesis twenty four twelve through fourteen, and then pause, and then we'll have you read verses twenty through twenty three. And he said, "O Yahuwah, Elohim of Master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day." and shew kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of, the, of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water, and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall saw, see, to whom I shall saw, let down the pitch, pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shewed kindness unto my master. All right, so now what I want you to see here it says, let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Why do you think this was the sign for, for whom he shall take for his master's uh, son's wife? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Because she's a helper. Because undoubtedly, you know, Abraham knew that the wife was supposed to be a help me. And so here, hereby we see that his servant was looking for a helper. And that's what he found in Rebecca. Uh, yeah. Verses 20 through 23, please. 
And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padam, the sister to Laban, the Syrian, and Isaac entreated Yahuwah for his wife because she was barren, and Yahuwah was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from, from thy bowels. And one people shall be stronger than the other. And, and the elder shall serve the younger. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca to wife. And Rebecca's wife conceived, you know, she was having a rough time, the children were struggling within her. You know, she inquired of Yahuwah, and Yahuwah said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. He says, Two nations, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. He says, The one shall be stronger than the other. He says, The elder shall serve the younger. Amen. You know, and so here it is, you know, she inquired of Yah, and Yah spoke to her and told her what was going on. You know, now if we just go down to Genesis uh, 25, verse 28, it tells us, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. You know, eating of venison, what is that? It is meat. Uh, but what attribute is that? Say it again. The flesh. Of what, what of the flesh? Lust of the flesh. You can see Isaac loved Esau because of his lust of the flesh. Is that righteous? Or is that noble? No. Absolutely not. It says, but Rebecca loved Yaakov. Why do you think Rebecca loved Yaakov? Because of the word of Elohim. The word of Elohim had already told her before he was born that the elder shall serve the younger. Can you see that? Yes, hallelujah. All right, continuing on, Genesis 12, 10 through 13, it says, and there was a, oh, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. Um, Genesis 27, 1 through 10, it says, and it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. And now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons and quiver and, and thy bow and go out to the field and take some, take some, um, take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that I, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Now, let's go back for a minute. You know, now here it is. Rebecca was having a, um, she was barren, first of all, for, for like uh, 20 years or something, yeah. you know, and and Isaac prayed for her. She conceived. She was having a rough time. She prayed. Y'all told her um, why she was having a rough time, because these two nations going at each other in her womb, you know, and tells her the elders to serve, serve the younger. Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. Do you think she told her husband about that? That prophecy right there? I think she did. She did. I think she did too. I'm pretty certain she would have told him 
that y'all said before they was born. Now, this yeah. is before they was born. You know, y'all said the reason that I'm having so much trouble in my pregnancy is because I'm carrying twins. Right. And so they knew they were going to have twins even before they had them. Right. And then she would have told them that y'all said the elders should serve the younger. He loved the other one because of the lust of his flesh. Uh, now, we see here in, where did I stop at? Um, verse 4. He's planning on blessing Esau because he was in love with what he did for his flesh. But verse 5, it says, And Rebekah Rebecca heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went and went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak to Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before Yahuwah uh, before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from this two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat, that he may bless thee before his death. Now, undoubtedly, Yisak knew who that blessing was supposed to go to. But he also knew the traditions of men. The traditions of men say it should have went to the elder. You know, but y'all prophesied that the elder should serve the young. You know, so... Here it is, Rebecca stood up in opposition, boldly in opposition to her um, her husband. You know, and that's what that's what she did because she was protecting. She was protecting the most vital aspect of her husband. And that was the word of Elohim that was given to her. I pray that you can see that. She was being a Negad. She was being an Azur Negad. She was helping by opposing him. Because you can't go against the word of Elohim and not get in trouble. She was helping him by opposing him. By keeping him on the right track. Keeping him from going astray. Then we have one more, David and Abigail. Oh, yeah, great story. First Samuel 25. You know, we're going to begin with verses 14, go to 20. It says, But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master. And he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything as long as we were conversing with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us by night and day, and all while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a man of allowed that a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine, five sheep ready dressed, five measures of parched corn, a hundred clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs, and laid them on behinds. And she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband's name. 
And it was so as she rode on the behind that she came down by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met him. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the behind and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not my, can you, wait, before I go further, can you see her being a helper? Mm -hmm. yes. Can you see her being a helper as well? Yes. Yes. You know, she's saying, upon me i take the punishment right. right i take the punishment don't put it on my husband in this household i'll take it mm -hmm. verse 25 let not my lord i pray thee regard this man of Belial, even nabal for as his name is so is he nabal is his name and a fool or folly is with him but i thine handmaid saw not the young man of my lord whom thou didst send now, therefore, my Lord, as Yahuwah liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing Yahuwah have withholding thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself of thine own hand, which is against Torah. Now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as neighbor. And now this blessing which thine handmaid have brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid for Yahuwah will certainly make my Lord a sure house because my Lord fighteth the battles of Yahuwah and evil have not been found in thee all thy days. You know, can you see that she was that she was being a help meet? She was being an agate. She opposed her husband's word. She opposed her husband so that she could protect her husband. She was protecting the most vital aspect of him his life right and everybody else yeah and, and the rest of the household mm -hmm. i pray that you can see that Hallelujah. this is the role of a woman Come on. With it. verses 32 through 34 and david said to abigail blessed be yahuwah elohim of israel which sent thee this day to meet you and this is david speaking he said and blessed be thy advice and blessed be thou which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with my own hand. Now you see, David is thanking her because she helped him. She not only helped her husband, but she helped him because he was about to sin against Yahuwah. She kept him from sinning. You know, so she became a help me to him as well. Can you see that? You know, he was, she was an Ezer Neged for him as well. And says, for in very deed, as Yahuwah Elohim of Israel liveth, I promise you, which have kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet me, surely they had not been left unto Nabal by morning like any that pisseth against the wall. So I pray you can see she was a, she was a true as in the get. You know. Not only to her husband, but also to David. This is why he married the woman. Come on. <laughs> After the fool died, he was like, uh, yeah, go get that one for me. He knew, he knew, he knew uh, as then again when he saw one. Says, you know, so I, I pray everyone can now see the role of a woman is to be a help me and as then again to men. That is to surround or be around man to protect the vital aspects of man. 
even if she is to affront him. That is, even if she has to stand boldly in opposition to him to get him to do right. You know, so that he doesn't fall on the wrong side of Yah. You know, always remember, women, that you are made from man's rib. You are there not by nature. You protect the most vital aspects. This is why the kids are entrusted to you because they're vital. This is the continuation of the man. This is why you protect all the vital organs because this is the life of man. So I'll have for you pray with blessing.